What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Walker, dude. <laughs> I was gonna. So it's it's a crossbreed it. White Walker and Green Apple Quick Step, or what is it? No, no, Green Apple Ice, dude. Green Just Apple Ice. Apple. I don't vape like Rice Krispie Treat or Girl Scout. I remember this tough like redneck guy in mossy oak camouflage. One day I was out in front of the shop vaping. He's like, "What you got there, dog?" And I was like, oh, "I don't know. It's just men- it's a strong menthol. It's called White Walker." And he's like, "I got Girl Scout cookies." <laughs> like we're I don't know if we were supposed to clink our vapes together, like you cheers, like or something. And right? I was like, uh, "All right, dude." Like, yeah, that's my that fucking Scout life cookies. now, dude. Because I don't smoke cigarettes, so they're like, "What you got in there? You got mm. that strawberry tart? Oh, I got strawberry tart, dude. I just yo, I got some peach cobbler over here. Yo, I got the yeah, exactly." Got the queen's favorite. <laughs> They're like ice cream flavors. Berries and cream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, play. <clears throat> um, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, everybody. Happy Friday. I uh, We're recording this on President's Day. I hope everybody had a good uh, long weekend and got yeah. uh, an extra day of fun. Um, I worked at the bar last night, and people were partying and whooping it up and uh, having a good time. Where are they? Well, it's it's because the that. Sunday is like an extra Saturday, right? So right, everybody can yeah. go out and doesn't have to go to work the next day. And right. um, but you know, nothing to report. Everybody was was uh, well behaved and enjoyed themselves. So right, nothing's changed in drinking. <clears throat> no, nothing's changed. You know, I was out of it for I was out of it for six months. I mean, and but I mean, I've also been tending bar for like fifteen years, and so uh-huh. no, nothing's changed. Or you're out of the bar for six months. You're I, working I let, in I, a bar. Yeah. yeah, working in a bar. And although, by the way, I wanted to say too that um, I found uh, Annie Grace on Facebook. The uh, this naked oh, mind. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been yeah. listening to her. I really got to get that book and check it out. I'm I'm yeah, super interested. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and her whole thing. I love her whole thing is about like with no judgment, no pain just talking about alcohol on the brain and stuff like that and so mm-hmm. but so she shared this article about being a sober bartender and it was really good it was really I'll good check so check it out yeah um for those of you out there listening you're probably listening either because you uh you are an alcoholic you think you are an alcoholic um you're interested in alcoholism sobriety more so sobriety and recovery but right. um any grace or just is, you accidentally took a left turn and you thought we'd have good drink <laughs> recipes and tell you fun stories and you're like wait a second these guys aren't these not they're not saying they're alcoholics In ironically fu- not like exhibit no yeah uh, no but uh yeah although i found some weird podcasts that way things that i'm like what is yeah this? And, and they're then, like hey it's time to party down bro get on your beer hat and you're like i i retired the beer hat man mm-hmm. um so yeah if you could uh just real quick as we always like to say Please rate and review us on iTunes, yeah. um, wherever else recommend you listen us, to this. Please recommend us to friends. That's that's the biggest way that we get this out to folks. Right, um, is for you for you sharing it with other people. Right, whether just, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're in twelve step program, just don't share it during the meeting during your share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably don't not, do that. That's yeah. not cool. I mean, maybe after in the parking know. lot. Yeah, after you have with your white walker. Kick you out. Yeah, with your white walker vape juice. <laughs> Yo, hit me up, Seduce Juice. Seduce Juice is you that another a, one? Seduce Juice. That's the name of the company that makes it. You want to be a sponsor in this program, <clears throat> right? 
Um, also, speaking of sponsors, GreenCamelPress.com. Go there, oh. check it out. I still got I still got T-shirts in the trunk of my car. I'm not lying. <laughs> Uh, I swear I'm going to get them up on the website one of these days. Um, I just, my model keeps, uh, keeps calling out on me. I think I'm just going to have to model them myself. Right. Take some selfies. I don't, that's not the the most professional way, but I just, anyhow, I got t-shirts for sale, bro. He's got them for sale. (laughs) Are they green? They're, oh yeah, they're candy. Speaking of candy, candy apple ice, they're candy apple green. So this is beautiful candy apple green with our logo on the front, the website on the Uh back. They're super soft. My friend Tom has one. He was the first one to get one, and he's he said they were soft AF, um, which Damn. I think means as fuck. Yeah, I think so. Or as felt. <laughs> as felt. Soft as yeah. felt. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there goes my mind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he, he really enjoys his. Um, go check us out, greencamelpress.com. And with that... We are going to start today's show. Uh, the The letter of the week is H. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's H. Are we yeah, on? Yeah, H. And um, H is for handle your liquor, handle your booze. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about sort of this, the relationship of alcohol and alcoholic drinking in um, in masculinity, in ma- the myth of machismo. Growing up as a man, and it is generally speaking, men, men, um, not always, and you know, there it certainly happens to women too. But men are the ones that um, they drink more, they drink more often, um, yeah. they're more affected by um, alcoholism, right? Which I mean, in- we can only speak from our perspective too. It'd be difficult <coughs> for me to speak from a woman's perspective in mm-hmm. regards to drinking. I could, we could throw out facts and stuff, but that's not really our personal experience. No. You know? So yeah. and that another thing, guys, every and, and and gals out there, everybody listening, as a disclaimer, I'm not an expert. I'm not a professional. Uh, I mean, no. I'm a professional drinker, or I was. Um, yeah. So I mean, I would just suggest that whatever you hear, wherever you're at, do your own research, and um, and find things out for yourself. So hopefully, we can help you with that. But um, this is this is again just coming from our own personal experiences, right? And we're two men. Yes. We're like two two dudes. <laughs> two dudes. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I want to, if we were going to talk about, um, you know, like, I guess the phrase that a lot of people use is toxic masculinity, right? So the, yeah. and this is basically, I, I feel like, and I don't give a shit what kind of razors you shave your face with. Um, right. But, you know, it's, uh, I guess it's basically just saying bad behavior, right? That's kind of it's what just- we're saying. That's generally attributed to men. It's being a dick that's rooted in masculinity. It's not just generally being a dick. It's like being a dick because you have a dick. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) And so what is, so masculinity, if we're going to talk about it in terms of alcohol, um, you know, I wanted to read something I found um, that was basically just these masculine norms in 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 our culture in America in the United States, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to read a few of these to you, and you tell me if these sound valid to you for all us. Right. Um, but um, striving to win at all costs, sexual prowess, mm. controlling one's emotions, and this is a big one when it comes to alcohol, um, engaging in risk taking behavior, mm-hmm. um, an inclination toward physical aggression. Yeah. Uh, asserting influence over situations, control, uh, proclivity toward independence, Mm -hmm. um, regarding work as the main priority in life, uh, controlling women, aversion to being perceived by others as being gay, um, which I know you, you had some, you were going to talk a little bit too about, you know, your experience and some of the groups that you were in, but, um, and the desire to be important in society right pursuit of status right so these all seem like right these all seem kind of most of them some most of them, of them don't. some of them do yeah yeah but i mean that's well, kind of yeah these are these are what the uh the hall the the hallmarks of masculinity and thank you culture. that's what i was looking for the hallmarks the, of masculinity the phrase that they use is salient norms um uh-huh. what's this from this is from the website is it's a very good question 
It is from, hang on. It was a study, um, Alcoholism and Masculinity, the NCBI, which is the, um, what is the NCBI? That's a very good question. National, yeah. Char so you Charter. Can, so you can see, uh, like I said, you should always do your own research. Um, mm -hmm. But, hang on. The National Charters, Charter of Balls Incorporated. <laughs> the, National Center for, the National Center for Biotechnology Information. Oh, I forgot the T. Yes. Well, the biotechnology is one word. Yeah. Oh, bi <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Fuck. So, so when you think Damn. about all these things, right, like, mm -hmm. um, and you think about drinking, and so it's this, and the idea of handling, being able to handle your liquor. Being right, able to handle your booze, yeah, of, that trope of yeah. being—that means you're strong. That means so. That means you're tough. That means you can you can drink to excess, right? And this happens. I it happened for me and for you at a very young age. Yes. And when I think a lot of the 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 situation that's often referenced is people in in fraternities. Now, I was never in a fraternity, and I, no. I didn't go to college. I mean, I, I no. took that jazz history class that was pretty cool that I didn't I finish. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, your jazz history class. Did I make you go watch the teacher at that rooftop club or something I, like that? I didn't did I bring go. you to a jazz? I don't, think, I don't think I was allowed to go. Oh. I, don't, I think I might have been too drunk or no. drinking, and you were like, mm -hmm. I'm not. You took somebody else. I don't know. But, yeah, um,. Yeah. I think I should talk shit about it. I was like, I'm not mm. gonna go watch your teacher play jazz on somebody's <laughs> roof. <laughs> so, so, it, so it's a lot of it is about fraternities, right? And so you have right. kids. So you have kids who are, say, you know, or y young young men that are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 that are teaching kids two and three years younger than them how to be men. Yes. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's not really. I don't feel like that. That you should be learning how to be a man as an 18 year old from a 22 year old. Cause if a no. 22 year old was going to tell me how to be a man, I would ask them to politely keep moving, you know? Yeah, like, like, Hey, well you, you, you just bought us the beer. Will you shut up dude, and leave? So yeah. we can drink the beer without you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there's this idea that they're being taught how to all these social norms about what it is to be a man. And one of those is, mm -hmm. is handling your liquor. So what does handling your liquor mean? It means, you have a tolerance for it, right? Right. And so how do you develop a tolerance? I mean, you drink to excess. Right. Um, right. I remember a couple of different times drinking an entire bottle of liquor and not feeling drunk. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if you've no, had that experience. It was a long process for me. It was never mm -hmm. like, I'm going to drink this bottle of liquor in three hours, but I definitely had killed a fifth like in eight hours. Throughout the entire day and been like, well, I'm kind of buzzed, but that yeah. was a, I should have drank that much faster. <laughs> but, you know, so like what is that? I mean, tolerance is not really something that I mean, I guess that I would ever consider being proud of now. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it's, it's not even something I think about now, honestly. Mm -hmm. But when Do you know we, what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. When you and I were were younger and drinking heavily, it was always about like one up and how many can we drink and let's pound. You know, when you think about the terminology of it too, we're gonna go pound some beers, we're gonna go slam some shots. Well, There's all dude, this... it was it was like we really only wanted to drink during the week during the day because Friday and Saturday was amateur night because they couldn't hold their liquor. Right, and so we wanted to be around those that upper echelon of drinkers who could drink <laughs> at two o'clock on a Tuesday, who could hold their liquor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, even though the guys, you know, wheeling an oxygen tank around or right, <laughs> snuck out of dialysis or whatever to be at the fucking smoke shop on fucking mm -hmm. Ballard Ave. You know, and you yeah. know it was, and that that too is like we we ended up, and I don't know if this was directly related, but. I know that we ended up creating and developing these lives and these careers and these and our schedules around the ability to do that, to be yes. able to go out on a on a Monday afternoon mm -hmm. rather than, you know, it's like, no, I'm busy all weekend, man. Whatever our particulars were, it was like, yes, my whole schedule. I I based my life around being able to drink when the when the real drinkers could be there. 
Word. Because you're like, <laughs> I'm not going to drink with all these kids on Friday and Saturday. I'm serving them drinks mm-hmm. on Friday and Saturday, right. you know? Yeah. Or, you know, you'd be tattooing on the weekends when people would be right. out spending their money. and Spending their money. So I'm like, I'm not going to be with this amateur hour shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's funny. Um, uh, it, it, masculinity is such a weird topic, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even now we are societally, socially questioning what it is and, and looking into it and kind of trying to figure out the whole the guts of the thing you know it's just, it's very interesting right because I, I, I keep thinking of the fe- female equivalent of that or what is femininity and drinking which there are hallmarks of that as well mm-hmm. you know but it's usually stereotypically like the wine the wine mom or all the girls letting loose on a saturday night bachelorette you know? parties stuff yeah. like that yeah, but once again, it's hard for me to speak on. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just just from my end of it. Yeah, definitely, it was, it was definitely uh, a way to prove that I was masculine because I did not grow up stereotypically masculine. Like I was never stereotypically. When you bring up the hallmarks of to- toxic masculinity, I had to really put myself in there as far as drinking went, because there were not those weren't. Um, uh, personality things that I exhibited sober, but there mm-hmm. were absolute things in there that I that I exhibited while drinking. Right. Um, yeah. The, the the one though that stuck out to me, and you had mentioned it too, in regards to me, was like the fear of being looked at as gay, which never bothered me. You know, the town, the place I grew up with in, since I wasn't stereotypically masculine, I was already looked at as gay. Mm-hmm. You know, so like to me, I was like, oh, you think I'm gay? I don't care. Like you will anyway, you know, just because I'm not doing those things that you do. But, you know, when you said it had, um, oh, I, I'm losing the word. No, but when you said it had pertained to me in that sense, it's because my first home group, you know, as far as getting sober was the gay and lesbian home group. I felt more comfortable there. I still feel comfortable there. Yeah. I just don't attend that one schedule change or whatever. But whenever we would do our shares, you know, your, your third share of every month was in regards to your sexuality and, and how it, the alcoholism affected it or how you dealt with your sexuality. And mm-hmm. I, me being like one of the lone straight guys, I'd always, <clears throat> you know, express my sense of masculinity through drinking. The amount I could drink. I could look at these guys who beat me up in high school and those guys, you know, would drink fucking three Bud Light Limes and get shit canned and I could fucking do three quarters of a fifth of beam and be like, okay, so what? When do we mm-hmm. take our pants off? You know, like, what's up? <laughs> and when are we, you know, like it was just still last man standing. Yeah. You know, that was my whole justification for a lot of it in the early days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, a lot of people, I, I never <clears throat> being thought of as gay, uh, happened to me. Um, I wouldn't a say lot. a lot. Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> well, not so. a lot, but it would happen. <clears throat> but yeah, it was I remember something people would ask you if you were like, gay. Because like, like, I never, I rarely, I rarely had a girlfriend. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I never went out. For me, drinking, and I think maybe we've talked about this, it was all about going out drinking was all about the drinking. You know, when yeah. I would, when I would work in 10 bar and you would see guys who were out trying to pick up girls and, and meet women and, and do all this stuff. I was never interested in that. That right. was never on the the schedule. Got away the booze for you. Yeah, yeah man. Mm-hmm. I was like, I have money in my pocket. I need to go out and I need to get as drunk as possible to prove to, I don't know who, you know, to myself or whatever. So, I mean, being, right. and again, being, being, uh, being mistaken or thought of as gay, like it has... <clears throat> I want to say that it didn't bother me, but there was always this sort of like, fuck, dude, well, what am I doing wrong, right? So as a young person, as a young guy, and I'm trying to, I'm just trying to figure shit out on my own, and then I'm throwing all this alcohol on the fire of of being confused, and and then, you know, the childhood trauma, and then all the stuff, and you're like, what does all this mean? You know, Mm -hmm. that's, I I don't care anymore, you know, but at the time, it was like, fuck what am i doing here and how do i express right. myself well, is it like okay it was... is it okay to express myself if it's if that's if that's how people perceive me and then so but because at yeah. that time 20 years ago <clears throat> it wasn't cool man you know and so you kind of have to stop behaving in a certain way and you start behaving yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, more aggressively or, you know, and I was all about like how much I wanted the party to never end. So I was like, fuck it. Yeah. 
I'll go. Yeah. Oh, t- bar closes at 2 a.m. Good thing I got, you know, liquor stash back at the house. We got drugs. We can stay up till noon the next day. And, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you got something that can help me stay up till Wednesday? Take cool. it. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take it. it. Yeah, the fucking wheels are going to fall off <clears throat> this thing tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely. And would you say that was a reflection of your masculinity? That you would be like, yeah, I will stay up till Wednesday with whatever substance you have. Absolutely. That was exactly how I was mm-hmm. trying to, yeah, I was trying express to express yourself it. yourself in that way. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. and it never, I mean, it was not, there was nothing of any value in that right. other than maybe like the one or two people who might have been there. And then sometimes it would be like, I'm up drinking and it's, I've been up drinking and it's noon and let me call some friends who are kind of normal who might meet me for breakfast or something or lunch. Yeah, so I can drink a little more around So people. I can drink a little more yeah. around people. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Just trying to find anybody to, to spend time with. So there's that idea of, like, trying to find connections with people. Um, it was excruciating, um, you know. And one of the other things is, like, the idea of having control, right? And there's yeah. – this is – a couple of different ways. One is alcoholics. We like to control everything that we can. You know, if the world would just bend to my will, everything would be just fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know non-alcoholics like that, but I'm also like, mm -hmm. we'll see. But one of the things that, you know, it says is like being in control is a sign of masculinity. So, if I Mm -hmm. drink this substance that is designed to make me lose control, but I, mm-hmm. but I can stay in control. Then, then I'm masculine. But mm-hmm. uh, that's inevitably you're going to pass out. You're going to act a fool. You're not going to be able to, you know, handle quote unquote handle your liquor. No. And liquor mm-hmm. shouldn't. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. A, you shouldn't. It shouldn't be a problem if you can't. Nobody should be handling liquor at those volumes. Right. <laughs> you, you know no, what I mean? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, but how fucking manly is it that fucking Travis just drank a whole bottle of Fireball mm-hmm. and then he fell in the fire? You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, <laughs> we all tell that story forever. And what yeah. is the? I don't, I don't have statistics on you know the amount of people that die of alcohol poisoning every year in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and the, you know, the all that stuff. But I, I can't imagine. I can't if it's like one person, it's too much. I think. Yeah. You know, like yeah. <clears throat> this idea that I have to hitch my hitch the size of my dick to a fucking bottle of whiskey is Word, ridiculous. Exactly. It is super ridiculous. But therein lies the problem of even just not masculinity itself, but toxic masculinity. Just the gender. I mean, I think about the gender roles that we have placed mm-hmm. ourselves societally. And then, you know, I'm like I said, I'm no expert on it. I ponder these things a lot, though. And like you had referenced the Razor commercial. And to me, I saw the Razor commercial and I was like, I think I said it last week. I'm like, I'm more offended that your razors are fucking expensive (laughs) than that. You're just trying to say, don't be a dick. Mm -hmm. But since people thought they were putting it on a gender and they're like, hey, stop being a fucking dick out there, you fucking assholes. People got really upset about that. And. I didn't because I didn't feel attacked because I'm not out there acting like a fucking dick. Mm-hmm. You know, at least as far as I know, I'm not. Maybe I am. And no one's told me yet. But I mean, I feel like I'm not. Just, so it's it's weird. These constructs we put ourselves societally mm-hmm. that, that men do this and women do this, you know, and it's it's stupid. It's really it's always been stupid. Even when I was a kid, it was fucking dumb. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, I like Growing up, I like things like poetry and sad songs and yes, Morrissey exactly. and, you know, the thing, mm-hmm. all the things yeah. that you and I uh, connected on and, and, you know, became friends over. Right. And things like doing, uh, I don't know, say doing art is not really a, I mean, there's certain, but then when you look at the people who were, you know, like Jackson Pollock, he was an artist and he was a pretty manly right. man. And what, what happened right. to him? Right. Or <laughs> Hunter know. S, you know, shooting his books with paint cans next to him and being like, it's art. I'm making art, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, those things always escaped me. I didn't, pl- I didn't like hunting. I didn't like being physical. I didn't like wrestling. I don't like roughhousing. I don't like fighting. I don't like being touched just generally. So I don't know how the fuck we're going to get drunk and wrestle, dog. <laughs> but, like, those things that were stereotypically what men do were, mm-hmm. did, had no interest to me, you know. They never really did. 
No. They never did. So uh, through alcohol, I found solace in that, that I could, oh, I have this one thing that I have in common with other men. I can stand around with other men and be like, yeah, I like that scotch. I like that whiskey. Oh, yeah, that beer is okay. Or just stand around with other men silently and drink beer. You know what I mean? I had that. That 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 justified like who I was as a person. You know, and it's all like I always say every episode at least once. I'm like, it's all bullshit. It's all fake. It's and, all set dressing. And these these you know, would like, be men that you know in other aspects you might look at and go, these are real men that I can right. stand with because yes, and make myself look like a real dude too. And, you know, there's no dirt under my nails, man. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how to work a shovel. You right. know, or whatever. Like you know, with all these ranchers growing up down there in in on the border in, in Arizona, it's like I didn't had no interest in any of that. I wanted to paint things and draw things mm-hmm. and and read and think about things. And I would cry when sad songs would come on, even as a even as a little boy. You know, and so yeah, I was one of the sensitive ones. You ever watch that show Big Mouth on Netflix? I haven't seen that it cartoon? yet. Oh uh, well, it's a long thing, but mm-hmm. basically. At one point, one of the boys, this hormone monster is like, oh, you're one of them sensitive boys, you know? And that was absolutely me, you know? And so for me, if I could pour whiskey on it, then I had something to talk to the other dudes about and I wouldn't feel so bad about myself. About being sensitive, like like that was a bad thing. Yeah, being a sensitive boy, you know? I still get it now. Like, damn, you're so fuck. I like to dress nice. I like to comb my fucking hair and wear ties and maybe wear some shoes that may be a little too pointy. I don't know. Whatever people are judging me on, you know, I yeah. like those things, you know, that doesn't take away from me and my value as a person, you know? So I, I think that's I one know. thing too in, um, in recovery is this idea of, well, it's okay to cry, man. And crying is just like getting the poison out. You yeah, know? it really and, is. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. when you do it a few times, and you're like, "Oh my God, that feels great," and you don't realize you probably that's like, I don't know, probably more than twenty years. Probably it probably goes deeper than your your whole drinking career, and you're just like, "Fuck yeah!" Finally the, letting this out, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my God, you mean I don't have to be tough all the time?" Like, yeah. Not that either of us ever were. I no, fucking love new. But... I love new order, dude. Mm-hmm. I love new order. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I, you know, like, yeah. Neither of us were, but no. yeah, that's it's funny. The idea of even just expressing yourself emotionally could be considered a detriment to you as as far as like how you are as a man. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's weird as fuck to me. It's always been weird. That being said, I'm not walking around the tattoo shop crying, you know, because I know they're all gonna fucking roast my ass. <laughs> but you know, like I, I've maybe that's even with it's such a it's a difficult thing to to tackle or even to just kind of i guess we're just discussing but, yeah yeah i mean yeah. we're i don't i don't know that we're gonna solve yeah, anything weird. but no I, we ain't solving shit i mean <laughs> but i i feel the same way about like you know it wasn't until i started until i sobered up and really started going like it's okay to be sensitive and it's okay to cry and it's okay to like you know, um, new order, <laughs> new order, or God, when I want to go out in the backyard or like not even the backyard, the front yard here, and there's all these fucking deer and I just sit with them and have this like really sweet, peaceful moment or right. when the sheep are like out there fucking eating the weeds in the vineyards. And I'm like, mm-hmm. look at the little sheepies. Oh, they're so cute. You You're know, just embracing and, life, dude, you know, you gotta and, embrace life, man. And I will, I will say this and I, I, part of all that because now i feel much at much more at ease with with those parts of me that are very sensitive and are mm-hmm. very um yeah like loving and caring and kind and things that that we expect from the feminine in our society right and yeah, so okay. there shouldn't be anything wrong there isn't anything wrong with me being caring and loving and kind i think that's <gasps> one of the best things about going into recovery <clears throat> you know being in a 12 step or just being in around mm-hmm. other people in recovery is that that's the place where you can like kind of tear yourself open a little bit around other people and it's all right because mm-hmm. you know, they've been there they know that feeling and 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 no way am i advocating oh you need 12 step it's just been helpful for me in that way and that's the correlation i've seen between the two is mm-hmm. being more in touch with what isn't here you know we as alcoholics we carry around a lot of hurt i mean you don't you're not you're not an alcoholic cuz things are going great you know what I mean? I mean, and if you are, hit me up because right? God damn, good for you, you know, but like usually, you know, you're drinking that much at 
one point you're drinking that much because you have to, but there's a reason why you started drinking that much, mm-hmm. you know. And it, you know, there's yeah. not good shit going on. No, there's not. Heart, you know, yeah. um, there's, there's. I just love that you're not an alcoholic because things are going well. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to say about being sensitive, and I have this feeling every once in a while when things get really bad for me. And they're not really bad. I am very well off. You know, I have a home and a bed and warm yeah. water, hot water. I have food. Like, I'm doing fine. But when, you know, emotionally and mentally things get really bad, there's a part of me that, like, there's that struggle where I'm like, I really wish that I could just cut that fucking part out of my brain. The part that is so overly sensitive about things. Yeah, I've been there. When I have a horrible, when I wake up feeling exhausted and tired and I already slept and then I have to go to work and everybody is shitty and everybody's awful and then I get off of work late and then I run over the skunk and I'm just like fucking crying because I killed this animal and there was nothing I could do. And it's like, and I'm like, I wish I could cut that out of my brain. But if I cut that out of my brain, then all the other good stuff, I can't feel that either. Right. So it's there's I don't I don't have a choice. I don't get to no. do that. But I mean, every once in a while, I get those feelings of like, I just don't want to fucking feel anymore. Right. But that's like that drunk in you that wants mm-hmm. you to compartmentalize all that shit. You know, <laughs> it's just like, man, I can't pour fucking absinthe on it or whatever. <laughs> that absinthe thing was a callback to a conversation <laughs> earlier. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a uh, it's just a it's a tough thing sometimes, but it's a really beautiful thing other times. And yeah, I don't think there's I I'm so grateful for the ability to be able to, you know, be as sensitive as I am. And I'm sure that my girlfriend would tell you the same thing. She's right. You know, and to be able to work in and do like do art, you know, art itself is is something that is. You don't really do, nobody's, very rarely are you doing it to make the money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's something that you really love, and it's an expression of yourself, and and um, it's something that a lot of people don't understand, and honestly, some a lot of people don't like, and a lot of people don't give a shit, which right. maybe, I don't know if that's worse, but, um, so just being able to express yourself is such a great thing, and I I, I feel like that alcohol just tangles that all up. Yeah, it makes you. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's I guess that's probably that's the biggest thing for me is just that idea of being able to share the things that I love with people and not feel somehow emasculated or I don't have to be put down right. anymore. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm going to be 42, and it's a little bit different these days than it was when I was 22. <laughs> well, yeah, 22, if you ran over a skunk and then felt sad about it for a week, we'd all be like, shut the fuck up about your skunk. And now I feel bad for you. I'm like, damn, dude, you're feeling that. Like, I'm like, sorry, man. Really that must have been that hard. Much? Yeah, yeah. it's going. Yeah. Um, We're like, just drink up, Johnny. Get over it. God damn, yeah, exa- rub, some, rub some dirt on it and get That's back That's what in we used game. to say. Mm-hmm. Rub some dirt on it. Get back in the game. And yeah, what are you getting all butthurt about? That may be an important thing to do during the middle of a baseball game when, uh, but they they really need you to win because mm, that's, that's the only way you can keep the summer camp open. <laughs> what movie is that? All of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Terms of endearment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the other things is um, that we talked about at the beginning of the show is, um, I said asserting control over situations. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, how you felt about it when you were that, drinking. Well, that was a side effect, right? I wasn't drinking to assert control. I, in some extent, I was in regards to like I would talk to people and they'd be like, "You want to do mushrooms?" And I'm like, "Fuck no! I hate being out of control. I'm gonna go drink all this whiskey," <laughs> you know, because I felt like I was in control of my mm-hmm. buzz. You know, I wasn't just being taken for a ride by these these drugs you're all doing. Like I get to fucking be in the driver's seat. But uh, definitely had to assert control over situations as a side effect of drinking excessively. A side effect of my alcoholism was like, I need to micromanage every aspect of what is happening right now or I will fucking have a meltdown and take it out on everybody. Like before, after, during drinking, you're talking about what, like work and family and or all of it. Everything, yeah. like anything that was on my mind, it would stick in my mind like a like a needle in my shoe, and I could not 
um, find rest until I controlled that thing, whatever it was that was on my mind. But yeah, it was usually like while I was drunk or why I was drinking, you know, or, or even if with us and we'd be out on a night and I'd be like, this night needs to go the way I want it to go. And I need it to go my way. And then of course you and I would always have conflict because you wanted it to go your way. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I'm not, I'm not here with you. You're, you're here with me, you know? And so, yeah, that was absolutely, <laughs> ouch. That was absolutely like our dynamic. A lot of the times mm-hmm. was, Yeah. That's a good way yeah. to put it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not here with just, you. You're here with me. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I would always follow you because I was broke and you had money. So I'd be like, well, I guess we're going to that bar. Is that true? Bowl of hot nuts. Yeah. I loved you. I mean, I still love you. I just, I love drinking with you, but I was also like, well, you know, I want to get really fucked up and I have like literally have $10 and John will forget that he's buying me drinks. So yeah, let's do this. You know, you know, I also knew a lot of bar, not that you didn't, I mean, this is really not a competition, um, but we knew them I in knew... different ways though. Cause I knew him as a patron. You knew them as a compatriot. Right? So yeah. So a lot of, yeah, some, I knew, I know a lot of bartenders and bar people. And yeah. so it was always like, we'd always get a free round or right. And they wouldn't hook me up. Cause I was your hanger on. I was like part mm-hmm. of your entourage. But... So they're like, what the fuck do we need to, that little fat guy over there gets no booze. <laughs> but she'll be like, hey, hey, give me a shot of Rumplemints yeah, for old fucking yeah. sad fat guy over here. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So that exactly. was that was always that was that was the plus, right? That was mm-hmm. part of the let me find a career that will help facilitate, facilitate the drinking this process, right? right? And then what's more masculine in your end than being a bartender too? It You're was like, the hey, I'm Tom Cruise, right? You know, that I was, was always our say, joke. Yeah. They uh if you've ever seen the movie Cocktail and and for what it is and the the time that it came out and there's a lot of great lines and it's Yeah. but it's I don't if you haven't seen it you should go check it out. Um I mean Especially if you're Gen Y, if you're one of these younger kids in your 20s, watch this weird ass shit. It is And weird. speaking of which, and I I don't this is not I don't normally like to do a little a promo in the middle of the uh of the episode, but you know, Jerry and I on our Patreon, um, we do movie reviews about um, right, yes, movies revolving around alcohol. And you just—I mm-hmm. didn't think about cocktail, but go see cocktail, go check it out. I think Jerry and I are probably going to do a little uh, review of cocktail, which should Maybe be fun. Maybe we will. Which it, it's Tom Cruise very is not sad. an alcoholic character. Oh, he it is. It does, yes, doesn't it? it doesn't... I have not seen it in about twenty years. So I'm well, good. it's. I don't yeah. want to give away anything, but it's don't it's a it very up and down movie. Um, but yeah, so one of the things is he's a, he's a rock star bartender. Right. And so, um, but I just remember like them saying, oh, the bartenders, uh, Brian Brown says they're the aristocrats of the working class. And I was like, oh, geez. Fuck. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, geez. Is, is the, uh, that's the correct reaction to that. Come on, dog. You're a dishwasher (laughs) that can make a vodka cran. You got it. You know, like. Nowadays, that's how I see it, which is yeah. Mean. Some people really put their heart in it, but I'm just and that's great. I just, have no, yeah. I have no problem with people who put their heart in it. I absolutely get out I, there and the do your hand, passion. Do your passion, yeah. and if you can, if you can do it amazingly, then great. But for me, it is a, um, it is a job that I know how to do well and can get yeah. paid a decent right. wage. And you know what? If I think about last night, I really was just a dishwasher that could make a vodka crayon. <laughs> yeah, my apologies to the bartenders no. out there, but you know, like I don't know. Jerry has I a love, different perspective. He has a different I'm, relationship with them. I was always jealous because they'd never let me bartend. <laughs> I was like, why can't I? Oh, right, because I have a tattoo career. That's kind of like the same thing in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Well, it is same very people. Much so. I meet a lot of the same people, but but it was a huge ego boost for me. It was oh, it was yeah. it was not only a, it was definitely attached to my identity as a man, mm-hmm. as a drinker, as you know, right. all of those things. It was like I had reached the apex of existence as far as I was concerned. Right. I was a bartender. You're masculine as fuck. Mm-hmm. And what's more yeah. manly than controlling all of the booze? Boom. I'm you know? here in control. Oh, what? You ordered that wrong? Sorry. I'm going to ignore you now yeah. for another 20 minutes. Yeah. And have three feet of, you know, marble between me and you. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, surra- I'm in a fortress with all the booze and you're trying to get in there and I have, you know, so yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of aggression, a lot of, um, a lot of masculinity in it. There was a lot of control. Um, and certainly when things got out of control and they always did. Right. I mean, yeah, you're in a bar. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. gets out of control, but even like just drinking, I mean, we were never in control. Oh, yeah. No, it was this illusion that, you know, you were like in control for the first 
three drinks and then the next mm-hmm. six were probably fine if you you know your tolerance was up that week depending on how much money i had for booze <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah and then the next four i don't know man maybe dexter's dark passenger took over or something you know, right? just walk around in a fugue state just <laughs> yeah exactly like ted bundy's fucking intruder or whatever he called it it's Is just it, like well did he have one too he had yeah i can't pa- remember i only listened to part of that thing it, oh, i was okay. annoyed yeah ted bundy annoys me but anyway like, that's besides the point basically is like the fugue state where i'm it's just like well you're along for the ride mm-hmm yeah, you better enjoy those limeritas because that's all you got, and they're under your bed. What the fuck, you know? Like, and every week we laugh about this, but it's kind of fucking funny. Like, it's, damn, that's where I was, you know? It's it's funny. It's sad, and you know. So if you're listening, it's like a and, funny, sad thing. Yeah, I mean, we laugh about it because we we made it out. I mean, because if you had if you had died in that bed, out. you know, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't I wouldn't be, be laughing. Not at I, first. I might still maybe- be drinking. Not at first. <laughs> I was going to say, right, yeah, but- not at first. Maybe like <laughs> two years later, you're like, dude, it, there were like 12 limeritas under that dude's fucking bed. That would probably I'm not, not be, that's, no, I don't know. I don't know if I would sad. bring that up at yeah. the funeral, Jerry, but you know, no, so uh-uh. I don't know that I would be sober if you had not gotten out and gotten out first. Yeah. You know, it's very yeah. possible that no. I would still be drinking if you had died in the bed of limeritas. Maybe, or maybe that would have been your wake up call. Like, God damn. That's you never true. know, but you never know. But you know what? I love the way you said we made it out, and that's why we can laugh about it. Because we're like, did you just see all that shit we stepped in? You know, like uh-huh. we just tracked it all over the fucking house in our car. Like we got the shit everywhere, but we made it out. We we cleaned off. You know, we got the shit kind of cleaned off mm-hmm. mostly. There's, mm-hmm. it's, and we can laugh about it now. You know, I think but, it's uh, it's a huge it's a huge yeah. benefit to me, and um, you know, it's. I can't. Yeah, I. I just. I can't imagine. We. We made it out, and yeah, that's one of the biggest. That's the reason why I can laugh about it, and that's. Well, yeah. That's and, the and perspective. Like, out there in the world, like all like everybody listening, like your suffering isn't funny to me, but my suffering is hilarious to me sometimes. Right. Because I'm just like, how the fuck did I do that? Like, how did I make it out even in the first place? Amazes me. What was I thinking? Yeah. It wasn't my masculinity that got me out. See, I got to loop it back around again. (laughs) But yeah, no. And I, Jerry, you're right. And I, I agree that um, that I wouldn't laugh at anybody's suffering. I mean, quite the opposite. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I know you're, I know you wouldn't. You're not Um, a dick, dude. But except my own. Because that's, or our our shared suffering, you know. Our shared suffering, yeah. Exactly. And we have a lot of shared suffering, so. I, you know, I I just, I keep thinking, you said Limerita, and I'm just real quick. Uh. There was a time, Jerry lived in this apartment. We both lived in an apartment complex. um, And I think you had had, for some reason, the only things that were in in the fridge were a bottle of Bacardi, like 151. There was yeah. that big tub of margarita mix that was like frozen margarita mix. <laughs> oh, and then there yeah. was some ruby red squirt, which I don't even know yeah. if they still make that stuff. No. But it was like bright red, ruby red squirt. And you had just purchased, like, somehow you got this, like, shelf system you wanted to build. Yes. So I don't know. Wow. You, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I so, know where this is going. So yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. put the 151 into the margarita mix and we threw it in the freezer. And then we had you had like these weird sort of like ice cream sundae cups and yeah. some bendy straws were, for whatever were, reason. Were they baseball helmets? No, I, don't, I don't know no. what they were, but they they were. So we we put the one five one, the margarita mix, and the uh, and the ruby red squirt. This is for long before I was a bartender, obviously. And we called them fancy lads because they were just fancy these fancy lads, drinks, yeah. and we proceeded to try and put the shelf together which the shelf didn't get built <laughs> no. the shelf didn't get built and then yeah but i probably was... called someone crying but i just yeah. remember that as far as the fancy lads yeah the ridiculousness of of what we were uh, like yeah. the, the, the things we were not achieving no fucking refinement in there whatsoever right and so like even in the the media and like like they want to portray to you as this refined glamorous thing and there was none of that don draper absolutely none of it we were not don draper no. we were like no one i don't know who it was we like were. don we knots were... don knots exactly <laughs> it was a goddamn shit show you know and so. it never started with refinement you know i never was like i feel more well no that's bullshit there were times i drank and i was like i feel more glamorous right now i have mm-hmm. this sense of glamour 
and you know i feel more like a cool fucking man dude or whatever mm-hmm. and, yeah we were two fucking dorks drinking and the fucking margarita mix i stole from an ex-girlfriend out of her freezer i just took it I was, <laughs> right like, this is mine now so she's it's like just... there's no alcohol in that and i'm like i don't fucking care and this is this is the same place where and speaking of non-refinement I remember coming over one time and I was open in the fridge looking for a beer or something and the light was out in the fridge and I was like, what's up, guys? You can't, you don't have a light bulb for the fridge? And Jerry's like, uh-huh. what do you think this is? The Ritz? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, well, well played. All right, we'll, uh, well played, we'll go ahead well. and just, uh, we, who needs a light Do in the we fridge? do and get the flashlight out of the fucking <laughs> drawer or whatever? Yeah, out of the drawer next to it. <sighs> but, don't eat those eggs. <laughs> don't eat those eggs. Um, you know, and then one of the last ones that was on this list, um, was, well, they talk about controlling women, which I think regardless of, of the, the gender that you are, or there's Mm. this idea of people always say they talk about taking a hostage. And so being in relationships and you're like, well, and that was my first hostage and that was my second hostage. And so Mm -hmm. I would, you know. I think definitely as this list that we're talking that I'm taking talking from is obviously about supposedly, you know, straight masculine males. But when you're trying to control somebody in a relationship, I think that is another sign of masculine. Right. So it's about controlling the things in your life, the people in your life, you know. And so I mean, that's just abusive at that point yeah but yeah i mean and that's a symptom of toxic masculinity is being abusive mm-hmm. to someone you know so using I, using that as a ply yeah that was one thing too that it unfortunately you know it took me until you know recovery to to learn like what a real relationship is supposed to be right mm-hmm. you know and I, I i would ask you only because you know you've been with your wife for a while now and you 10 were, years in may that's been married for 10 years yeah wow. so she was there through all the booze and mm-hmm. yeah and your relationship yeah. i mean how would you how would you characterize it before and after as far as like i'm not saying that you were in control of her or any way but there was a level we of just talked about this last night it's so funny you asked this question because i was like i was comparing myself now to then and mm-hmm. we're because we had our daughter's birthday party yesterday she turned nine and I was like, well, you know, everything went great. This happened, that happened. I was like, I didn't black out. Because, like, her first three birthday parties, I fucking blacked out mm-hmm. by the end of them. And then we started kind of talking about me drinking and me not drinking. And I said, well, I'm not, I'm not as much of an asshole. I'm just a different asshole. And she's like, no, dude, you were a huge asshole. And now you're not an asshole at all. Like, sometimes you can be difficult, but I wouldn't say you were an asshole now. You know, so that's changed a lot. Our dynamic has changed a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't blame, when I drank, I blamed her for everything. Everything was her fault, you know? So anything bad that happened in my life had, I had to make these huge stretches to make it like attached to her and why I married her and why this is all fucked up is because of you or what you did or something you told me, you know? And I don't, I realize now that like if something goes wrong, it just goes wrong. Or maybe it was a mistake I made or maybe very rarely it was a mistake she made and Mm -hmm. who cares? Like Mm -hmm. we just have to fix the problem, not sit there and point fingers at who made the problem you know yeah so that's changed a lot between us and we can we our talks now because we talk a lot like we'll just sit and talk like we have these hour-long hours-long conversations at times when i drank it was a lot of circular talking you know repeating myself (laughs) yes and she was just such a good sport she just sit and listen to it and then eventually it would turn into self-loathing and then I would just, and then I'd go farther into self-loathing and I just like wanted to die. Like I just hated myself and wanted to kill myself. And this woman who like loves me is looking at me do this shit, like beat myself up and she's just, you know, it affected her. And I don't, I don't feel those ways. I don't really, I don't hate myself. So me not hating myself has affected the way I treat her. Absolutely. It's, it's a lot more positive now, but, yeah. but you know, peaks and valleys, right? Every relationship you're going to run your life with another person like run in tandem with another person you're gonna take breaks you're gonna run faster you're gonna you know mm-hmm. that's the way i try to look at it is like we're both in this life doing shit kind of at the same pace she'll run off course and do her thing and i'll kind of you know what i mean mm-hmm. i look at it more like that now instead of a struggle between us both where we're, i'm pulling her she's pulling me you know 
you mean you mean together you're pulling together not away from each other yeah yeah Yeah. or like that she's taking up i'm taking up her slack or she's taking up my slack you know because in my mind i picture for some reason i picture us both running this journey this marathon and when i was drinking it was like i need to pull your fucking slack all the fucking time or if i fell down like i'm speaking all metaphors again but if i fell down on this marathon this is your fault somehow because I have to pull your slack. Or it would go the complete 180 and be like, oh, you have to pull my slack. I'm a failure. I'm not worth shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And now I look at it as both, we don't, you know, it's not really pulling slack. I'm just adding, if she's missing something, I add to it. And if I'm yeah. missing something, she adds to it, you know? Like, metaphorically, she'll throw me a Gatorade or something. I don't know, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. fucking, you know? So that's the way I try to look at it. Like, we're both doing this together now for as long as we can. So mm-hmm. let's just fucking do it. I, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, that's kind of, that's, that's exactly how I look at things right now in my relationship is that I go, well, I'm here to be strong. If there's ever an instance where you're weak or you need something, right? I yeah. want to be able to give that to you and support you in that way because I can't wait for you to get back up here with me, you know, because yeah. I love it when we're on the same, when we're doing the same thing. And if right. I'm weak and I'm, hurt and I need help or I need solace in some way. Like I look to you and I say, Hey, do you have a minute? Because I really want to get back up to your level so right. that we can have another, so we can have a good time again, you know, cause right. that's what it's yeah. about. So, and that's the nature of a healthy relationship. <laughs> Ding. You know what I'm saying? Ding. Yes. At least my perception of a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else has an opinion on it. I'd love to hear it. And yeah. not in a mean way. Like, you know not in a mean way please oh and be mean i guess it's the internet yeah i'm sensitive people are mean on the internet too they are the internet is a very mean place sometimes Uh, i fucking hate it most of the time (laughs) and here we are making a podcast for it um but yeah and one of the other things i wanted to um ask you about is uh risk-taking behaviors well yeah absolutely Um, i mean both of us right and in particular how did you how did you take the moment when you broke your leg? Like, oh, did you, how did you, did you spin that at all? Did it make you feel, was there any sort of level of masculinity or, or did you feel any sort of like, was it a badge of anything? Nah, that was just no. misadventure. No, I got teased for it. The fucking EMTs teased me for it while they were fucking putting an air cast on me. Mm-hmm. But no, for me, it wasn't necessarily a masculine thing. I was really ashamed of that, actually. It was, I was yeah. embarrassed the way I, I jumped out of a window drunk one night and not in a sad way, like in a funny way, like, look, I can jump out of my townhouse second story window. And I landed like a fat drunk guy and shattered the shit out of my leg. And, and now it doesn't necessarily embarrass me. I'm like, use me as a lesson, Mm -hmm. you know, but when it happened, it was, so I guess it was in a sense, masculinity in the sense that it hurt my ego that I, you know what I mean? Didn't that I was like, I don't know, maybe in my own mind, I was like, I'm such a pussy. I can't even jump out a window. Right. You know, like, yeah, but that's also a lot of the self-loathing yeah. know, that came with my alcoholism. But uh, but there was definitely risk-taking behavior. I didn't oh, take yeah. that risk, though, because I'm like, yeah, I'm a man. I was just like, I'm a funny, pokey dude, and I'm going to fucking jump out the window and scare everyone or do whatever mm-hmm. I thought I was going to do, you know? Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of stupid stuff. Like, I mean, when you think about uh, driving drunk um, mm-hmm. and stealing street signs and just a lot of it was well i don't want to i don't want to miscategorize driving drunk as as um misadventures but um there was some serious Mm -hmm. like the there were a lot of things that i did that could have that could have had some serious consequences to it as far as you know but there was that certain level of like i can handle this you know Mm -hmm. coming back to the idea of handling your booze handling your liquor handling the wheel of a you know fucking motor vehicle yeah handling you know not getting busted handling not getting caught handling all that kind of stuff and it's like i'm just so i can handle so much more now (laughs) without it well yeah you you get pulled over now and you're like i'm fine honestly Mm -hmm. i just hit a skunk that's all you (laughs) you know and it's like i'm over here and getting the taxes together and i like mm. met with an accountant you know Damn. like i did it all proper and 
you know, just things like that where it's, those things would have been inconceivable five years ago. Oh, God, no. Yeah, that would have been a shitload of work. Who's going to do that? You have like a dry erase board behind you with the schedule yeah. on it. That would I have put... never <laughs> happened while you were drinking. No, no, no it no. wouldn't have. I It'd mean, be I... in your closet. You would have bought it. You just would have like mm-hmm. slid it slid it between two polyester shirts and left it. <laughs> you would have bought it drunk at Target one day with yep. this grand plan. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I couldn't even and we couldn't even get it together to have a trash can at that place. No, uh uh-uh. just that you little and I couldn't even hang up two IKEA shelves. That little yeah, that little it was just a Lucky's bag hanging on the doorknob of the underneath the sink, you know. It really was. So it was definitely not the Ritz. Too. Um I I just want to say I think in closing that um you know it whether or not it's 2019 or it doesn't matter if it's two if you're listening to this and it's 2059 which would be, be amazing thank you i'm probably dead but <laughs> yes all right i Both think i did all are. right yeah yeah we did all right though i think i just think that the idea of masculinity and you know jerry and i were talking about this before we hit record too just about the way that the world changes and the way that um the way that people perceive things change and the way that you know what is normal changes yes absolutely you know will always change my hope is that you know masculinity can that the strengths and the power that i can bring are there to support people rather than oppose and you know suppress right people my feelings or any situations you know right like that that strength and you you said you you heard something from a podcast about can you explain the idea of we're not an anchor or how we see ourselves as an well, anchor? Well, it was it's, it was uh yeah, it was a Sam Harris talking to a I can't remember the guy's name, but he was he's uh does hospice. And I don't listen to a mm-hmm. lot of Sam Harris. I just found this one interesting cuz I had death mm-hmm. in the title and I'm morbid. So he was basically <laughs> saying that as human beings the condition we have is that life is constantly changing around us and it's always in and out and moving and fluctuating and you know there's a lot of flux and wax and wane in it and for some reason we have this condition where we think we're the only constant in our lives like you know like a life is a stream going around us and we're mm-hmm. this rock in the middle that never changes where we fail to recognize that we are constantly changing with life you know we're getting older our bodies are changing our organs are changing our perceptions of things change we may have these strong hard suited opinions that may never change but you know what i mean there are things mm-hmm. around it changing like so it's it's i think it's just unrealistic to think that while things around you are changing to be adverse to them you know i'm not saying embrace everything if you're uncomfortable with it find the root of what makes you uncomfortable with it and figure that out but bam if everything around you is in constant flux then what the fuck are you doing staying rigid you know yeah that's the core yeah. of, of any recovery, regardless of what your program is. Find find out the what is irritating you. Find yeah. out what the core of what is frustrating you. Yeah, and, and address it. You and may not be able it. to fix it, but no. recognize that shit and mm-hmm. keep it in regard. You know? And I, I just, yeah. I love that idea. And so I, for yeah. me, I hope that my, if anything, I know that I can change. I can certainly change my drinking behavior, which then changes everything else about everything else right and it was the focus of your behavior in the mm -hmm. first place yeah and as far as you know manning up i like to think that i you know i man up every day now and and wake Mm -hmm. up without a hangover and get my exercise in and handle my business and right love my partner and my family and like i'm i'm looking forward to you know whatever kind of fluid changes I myself as a man right. go through. And so, you know, I think that that's, those are the things that you, the things that you handle, the things that I handle, the way that I handle them now define me more than drinking ever did. Yeah. I don't think about manning up. I think about humaning up. Ooh, I'm a human. bam. Bam. There's your sound bite for the fucking Instagram. <laughs> human up. Because even the idea of masculinity, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like, it's like, ah, I don't, give a fuck about masculinity i just want to know what i can do to be a decent person and right. it just so happens that like you know i'm a i'm a man so i guess i can be a decent man but it doesn't the idea of masculinity doesn't have to be the shell around which my not necessarily my actions are dictated but mm-hmm. i just want to be a good person
Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.